episode of Colors of the Dark is brought to you by Nightfire, an imprint of Tor Books. Nightfire publishes horror books for the dead, the living, and everyone in between. Nightfire is publishing a whole slew of horror from well-known authors like Sylvia Morano-Garcia and Brahm, as well as newcomers like S.A. Barnes and Gretchen Felker-Martin. Nightfire also has a great blog where they publish articles, lists of recommendations, reviews, and more for all horror fans. Check it out at TorNightfire.com. Also be sure to listen to Come Join Us by the Fire Seasons 1 and 2 on your favorite audiobook and e-retailer for free horror short stories. Be sure to sign up for Nightfire's monthly newsletter and follow them on socials. And you can get lots more information and some amazing horror books at TorNightfire.com. Tonight's episode is also brought to you by Fright Rags. Now in their 18th year, Fright Rags has been bringing you the best in horror apparel and accessories since 2003, offering a wide range of products for your favorite creature features, slasher flicks, and cult classics. Officially licensed collections include hit titles like John Carpenter's The Thing, The Evil Dead, Creepshow, Jaws, and so many more. This week, Fright Rag lets it burn with their new collection of exclusive Halloween Kills merchandise, featuring all new shirts, long sleeve shirts, baseball tees, tie-dye, and hoodies. All officially licensed and available for pre-order until Tuesday, the 7th of September at fright-rags.com. Colors of the Dark listeners get 10% off when they use the code DARK10, that is D-A-R-K-10 at checkout for 10% off at Fright Rags. So visit them online at fright-rags.com. In 1979, the first issue of Fangoria was released into the world. It's been over 40 years and Fangoria is better than ever, each issue bringing you 100 pages of exclusive, carefully curated content honoring horrors past, present, and future. These articles and interviews will never be published online, so the only way to read them is by getting your hands on a physical, collectible copy of your own. We can't give anything away because we want the experience to be a surprise, but we can safely say you do not want to miss a single page. Head to Fangoria.com to learn more and subscribe. And while you're there, make sure to enter promo code COLORS, that is C-O-L-O-R-S, to save 25% off your yearly subscription. Welcome to Awaken the Spirits. If you're a fan of horror, monsters, and aliens, you're in the right place. We're thrilled to have Colors of the Dark with us for a special live recording of their podcast, which is part of the Fangoria Network. Please welcome to the stage award-winning writer, director, and podcaster, Rebecca McKendry, Ph.D., and veteran of podcasting and streaming media, as well as co-host of Colors of the Dark, Elric Kane. I got a shorter answer. Where's my look? Where's my PhD? You got a muffa. <laughs> exactly. It's close enough. Okay, don't be alarmed. We're taking the masks off because we're drinking water. Drinking water, guys. That's what we're doing. Hello, and welcome to Colors of the Dark on the Fangoria Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Rebecca McKendry. And I'm Elric Kane, without a PhD. And you have an MFA. 
It's close. It's terminal. It's terminal. It's close enough. Um, So this is our first live show in a year and a half or something like that. That is evident. It's it's been a pandemic. Yeah, it's been a pandemic. Thank you for attending the small sweaty box and and social distancing. Yes. (laughs) No, it has been um, absolutely wonderful to be back today because it almost almost feels almost normal. It's been kind of a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, with podcasts especially, you're often on, we've been on Skype for a long time, Zooming, uh, seeing each other in boxes, and it, you, you, there's an energy that's been lost, you know? And yeah. we share movies, but it's just not the same. We're not sharing them in theaters, and, you know, just to even keep doing shows through the pandemic and doing things like that have, has sometimes been an effort, and then you come back and you see people, and you realize people still care, and people are interested, so it's cool. Yeah, like, a couple of weeks ago, I went back to New Bev for the very first time since the start of the pandemic. Auric and I went and saw um, the Martino uh, double feature where we saw uh, Tenebrae, or, no. Um, Strange. Torso and... Vice. Strange Vice of Mrs. Vices Ward. Yeah. And um, it was just, like, I almost sobbed walking in there because yeah. it was just, like, remembering everything that I had missed about the horror community and seeing people and being part of something bigger than just, you know, watching things on my Zoom. So. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for joining us here today. Um, we, we, we are just thrilled to see everybody here. So Colors of the Dark, we are a podcast on the Fangoria Podcast Network. If you are not familiar with our show, we specialize in all types of horror, but we definitely dig our deep cut niche shit. Yep. Oh, by the way, I curse like a sailor. I should mention that beforehand. She does. <laughs> Yeah, and there'll be some deep cuts here, too. So we're going to be talking about... Our topic is going to be largely focused on aliens, extraterrestrials, all these kind of things. Aliens, um, man. But we had to bring in uh, some backup for this one. Yeah, we, we had to think about who we felt could really um, dive in with us on this aliens topic. And um, there was only one person that we were immediately like, well, it's got to be Jonah Ray. Um, so Jonah, please join us on stage. Yeah, this yeah. is it. This Come is the on moment. up. Come on up. Host of Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix. Hello. An all-around wonderful geek. Thank you. Man, that dressing room back there, crazy party. <laughs> so, well, we figured that we would kick off tonight. All with, right. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Am I, am I, we're diving well, in. Yeah, well, we should ask him about, he's got something coming up. Oh, That's, yeah, you do have some good stuff coming up. Uh, well, right, we're currently writing the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And, um, and it's uh, going to be independently produced and uh, distributed. Joel Hodgson, the creator, uh, basically took the reins, got the rights, and he's going to be creating his own internet hub. So no longer do we have to worry about, you know... Comedy Central or Sci-Fi or Netflix. Uh, can't, only we can cancel us. Which, you know, we are white <laughs> men, so it's very possible yeah. that we'll do something wrong. But uh, I, uh, I am excited. And w- one of the things that I'm most excited about is that we're gonna, I'm going to be transitioning out of the, uh, the host role of the show. And uh, Emily Marsh is going to be taking over. Uh, so she's going to uh, be the new host. Joel Hodgson's going to do a couple episodes. And then um, I get to do the first Halloween episode of Mystery oh, Science yeah. Theater, which is very, very exciting. Can you divulge what movie you're I showing? I can't say what movie it is, but I can tell you it's just old episodes of the Roseanne Halloween show. <laughs> well done. <Yeah. laughs> Well, we thought that we would kick this off with um, a very big question. Like, this is a pandemic in itself, or a whole, like, podcast in itself that we could do. Yeah. 
we wanted to kick off with do you believe uh, and obviously, you know, we could. This could be as big as: Do you believe in aliens? Do you believe this is ever phenomena has ever happened? But also, it could be: uh, Do you believe in uh, cover-ups, conspiracies in relation to UFOs or other things that have been seen? Because uh, we're going to get into movies plenty. But uh, obviously, uh, maybe two months ago or a month ago, in the news, you know, buried under COVID, 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 it was suddenly, you know, Trump, 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 and then it was suddenly, oh yeah, UFOs are real. Whatever. Moving on, and everyone was like, what just happened? It felt like there was some sort of admission about at least UFOs as in something that has been seen and documented. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's just kick off there. I'm curious because we've never even had this conversation. Yeah, Alaric, and I, we've, we've been hosting together for 10 years, and I don't know if we've ever dug into this. Yeah. So you just revealed, tell me you've never smoked weed together without telling me you've never smoked weed together. Yeah. No, that's basically, <laughs> I don't much, think yeah. we ever have that's like smoked second weed on the together. Dog. Yeah, no, I don't think we have. <laughs> so, Teetotaler over there. That's right. <laughs> Well, next weekend. Um, so, yeah, do you believe? Uh, I, here's the thing. It's, I do think there's a, a good possibility, but I'm more of a believer of uh, uh, interdimensional beings more so than I think of aliens. I think if there was aliens, there would be uh, governments are dumb. They're stupid, and uh, I have a, a friends that work in government, and they're idiots. And there's no way that, that they, and they all fail upward. Everyone in government just messed up and got promoted, and all of a sudden they're president. And so to think that these people can conspire to cover up something when they couldn't even cover up the conspiracy, like, you know, giving LSD to their, uh, you know, own Air Force. And that's probably why they keep on thinking they see UFOs, is just because they're still giving these dudes acid. <laughs> And so I'm more of a believer in interdimensional beings, and it kind of they're trying to figure it out how to get in, and there we're trying to. And I feel I, I feel like I need to ask about the interdimensional beings. Is this like parallel universe? Yeah, this parallel okay. parallel universe stuff. Um, listen, I'm no science guy, <laughs> but uh, I have a I just have a feeling that the things that we think might be aliens might just be you know alternate dimensions and all that kind of stuff, multiverse shit. You've never had an experience. Never had an experience, no, yeah. no. Um, I've never, never thought I saw any kind of thing that was an alien. I did one time, though, uh, this is, I'm not trying to brag, but I was making out with a girl once. <laughs> and, well done. Yeah, thank you so much. Still very proud of it. Uh, and uh, she started convulsing, and uh, her eyes, like, locked up, and I got super scared. I was, uh, I was, like, 23 years old, and I got up, and I got away from her, and I said... Uh, are you possessed? <laughs> and She's then, convulsing, and, and that's your first question. I, I, I didn't, are I, you I, epileptic? No, are you possessed? <laughs> I, had, I had never seen uh, 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 you know, any kind of epileptic seizure, so my first thought was, are you possessed? My second thought was, are you actually an alien? <laughs> she was neither. Was she okay? She was fine, and so was I, more importantly. <laughs> there was no second date. <laughs> oh. Because she came out of it and she asked, if, she's like, did you just ask if I was an alien? <laughs> she remembered that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, you must have been hearing things. Yeah. I, I'm glad she was okay. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> Do you believe? Sure. No, I don't know. I, I, used to, I used to think that, kind of like you actually, I, I was thinking about this. I used to believe that there would be all this information in the government passed from president to president, kind of like Independence Day, and you'd have that file, and you'd have to keep your lips thick. But after the last president, I was like, there is no way this wouldn't have been announced on TV. He Twitter. would have talked all about Twitter. it. And it never had, yeah, anywhere. And so that was actually the first time where I went, oh, I, maybe a lot of these big mysteries don't exist. Yeah. 
but I do believe that there's, you know, obviously things that have been covered up for years, and, and UFOs, of course. But, I, I mean, some of those theory and UFOs as in just things that are seen that can't be identified. I mean, so much of this heats up when we get to, we're going to talk a little bit about 50s sci-fi, so much heats up with Cold War stuff, and I, I do believe uh, sp- international spying rings, it's easier to be a UFO than it is to be a Russian plane in American space, right? So I believe in a lot of that, but there's also a part of me that, like with ghosts, where I like don't not believe, I'm not closed off to it, and I think we as people crave the idea that we're not on this planet alone, yeah. or you know, in the universe alone, rather. And I think for good or in bad, we've seen iterations where we'll talk about movies where that's seen as invaders and people coming to get us, and other times where it's like maybe there's some other connection and hope beyond here, especially the way we treat this planet. You Here's know? the crazy thing about that. It's like we're so desperate to think that there's other crazy beings out there. Yeah. Look at an octopus. That thing's crazy. Oh, yeah. And that's not enough for you? You see it and you go, let's eat that. Is that what's going to happen when aliens show up? Everyone's going to be like, I wonder what that's like over some charcoal. They know, they know how to open jars. I can't eat them. I'm yeah. like, it's smarter than me with the pickle jars. Yeah, there's literal monsters in our oceans. Manage much of that we haven't seen yet. And we're well, that's still- true. The, 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 the sea is far less explored almost than like, you know, our regional space, you know, yeah. which is pretty crazy. So. I don't know, like, like a lot of these things, I like to be open-minded enough but, and interested, but, and a part of me wants, to get, wants Area 51 to be completely real. I want all of that to have happened, mm. um, and I do want them to look a certain way. So, yeah. But, you know, you, the, your conscious mind, obviously. Are you saying right. you want to believe? Oh, I, I think he you know, wants to believe. Let's, let's give it to Becca. What are you? I, just, okay. I just thought of that. I just coined <laughs> that phrase. <laughs> Coin it. That's mine. Put it on a shirt. Sell it out there. <laughs> So I am across the board a, a big skeptic on everything, like as Elric, because we have had this discussion. I don't believe in ghosts. I have, and although I that's will, crazy. I know I will. Who watch, doesn't believe in ghosts? I will Hands watch up, ghost films. Ghosts for real, right? Hands up on time. ghosts. Yeah. See, ghosts. I know. I know. I have the same stance on ghosts as I do on aliens. I think it's interdimensional multiverse stuff. I think it's just because <laughs> I've never had like that experience. I mean, like I've had like the year thirteen and your friends yeah. pushing the Ouija board stuff, but I've never had anything where I was like, oh my god, this feels bigger than me. Um, or makes me, you know, like some type of weird ethereal thing. Um, but with aliens, I almost consider it selfish to think that we're like the only people in the universe. Like right. we're, we're only by ourselves if we think the narrative is only about us. Um, so I 100% believe. And it, I always question, you know, we have this kind of concept that we as humans want this spaceship to land and these people who are all bipedal to come out and like hug us and be like, cool, we're going to show you all how to like soup up your microwaves now. Um, I assume that it's, if we actually do have aliens existing anywhere, it's not going to be quite that easy. Like it's not going to be in a sense that we can kind of comprehend. Um, I always think it more either kind of Borg like or, you know, so ethereal, I can't even begin to process it. But yes, I am 100% a firm believer. That said, I've never seen shit, but um, it's out there. You will now. I will. I do think the idea of uh, wanting there to be a more intelligent race just shows the low self-esteem of humans. (laughs) It's like, this can't be the best. (laughs) We're so dumb. We're ruining our house. They're clearly smarter than we are. There's got to be. There's got to be someone there that can take care of us. Oh, no. So the next question that Elric posed is a really good one, which is like your first alien film that fucked you up. Like, what was the first one that, like, really... Or like, media, because I think when we were kids, there's a lot of uh, the term that we throw around a lot, kinder trauma, oh, yeah. things that sometimes are unintentional. They're not meant to scare you, 
but they are much more terrifying than the worst horror films. So anything in that when we're all kids, I think it's a good place to start. Yeah. I think for me, when I was a kid, the scariest alien movie for, for me was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I'd, yes. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Because that's like, that was something that kind of made sense to me that like, it's like, because clowns are so weird to begin with, like the idea of a clown and just like, it's like, oh, what if like clowns are aliens and they came a long time ago and someone saw it and then they dressed up as it and then they, that became the whole thing. And so the fact that they kind of, kind of already be here was something that was very scary to me. And, you know, the... The, you know, the, the technology of like, you know, cocoons and candy, you know, cotton candy and stuff like that. The giant straws. Giant straws, giant yeah, straws, yeah. Man. But that one messed me up. That was when I saw that as a kid. I didn't know it was supposed to be funny. I was just like, I was like, this is a, the most frightening horror movie I've ever seen. I watch it now and I feel the same way. <laughs> Mine was E.T., because um, I was really, really young um, when E.T. came out. And my parents, it was the very first film that they took me to, and we didn't make it through the whole film, um, because when the people in the white suits come to take E.T. away, apparently I lost my shit in the theater, and my parents had to haul my screaming, writhing self out of there. I don't remember a damn thing, but um, I have not seen that movie since then. So whatever it is, I still am like, oh, no, I can't go back to E.T., y'all. You haven't I seen all it. of E.T.? No. And my you kids work have watched in it. film. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't watch that again. Um, Fire in the Sky definitely did some damage oh, yeah. to me much later on. but um, I think that goes in there most scary. I mean, that's still got some of the most disturbing scenes. Yeah. I mean, E.T., the weird thing, I, I took a kid to see E.T., not mine, just the kid I found, uh, to, at the New Bev, it's coming there. Uh, and, and what was disturbing, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And what's disturbing about that movie, it's also like a divorce movie. So like you're a kid watching a divorce movie, then suddenly your new friend is like dying, and then you're dying. It's a really messed up, heavy, emotional baggage of a movie still yeah. today. So, uh, but I agree, I think that traumatized a lot of us at an, a young age, but also made us fall in love with the idea of a buddy or something like you're saying. Oh, it taught us about codependency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it can kill you. But whereas I never made it through E.T., I watched Mac and me religiously. Oh, no. And that has made me who I am today. That explains yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a terrible movie, that Mac and right? me. <laughs> right? I, Big uh, Macs solve all your problems is what I've taken from that. No, they, they lo- loved Coke. Uh, that, uh, yeah, I, I got to interview the guy who directed that, and I said, did you get money from McDonald's to make that alien movie? He says, no. I was like, oh, that's weird. Why is it so heavily, you know, how, how come McDonald's is all over McAnee? And he said it was not McDonald's, but the beef company that provided McDonald's with their meat. Oh. They're the ones who paid for it. That's some backhanded shit there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big meat. Um, Big beef. <laughs> Big beef is better. It's a better alliteration. You're right. Mac and me, you can actually see that used to be hard to see for a while, though. I think they tried to bury that and I make had it the impossible. VHS yeah, copy. now you can now you can find it. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, TV was a big one. Um, the the number one for me was I remember the moment was uh, V, the series. Yeah. I might have been six, five, six, whatever it was. Whenever it was on TV, eighty four, whatever. And it was the mo- and I was into it because they're human. They look human. They Deanna, oh, she's hot. They, they had those cool veiny heads. Yeah. Until the part where the face was peeled off the skin and their reptilian form was... I mean, that was... It's like what I miss about being older now. It's like maybe there'll be a good twist in a movie. But when you're young, like The Shining, right? Red Rum, that moment, as a kid, when that was revealed to me, it was like my brain literally melted. Like, it was like biggest revelation of my life thus far. And in, in V, I had that same kind of shock. Like, I did not... I knew they were aliens. I didn't know they looked like that. And then you have the crazy thing where Deanna puts in a, what is that, a hamster or a rat? And her whole face, 
gets much bigger, and then she shoves the whole thing in it. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's but, and then also a bunch of Doctor Who. I don't know if they're... <laughs> old Doctor Who had a guy... Uh, I wrote his name down. I had to look it up. He's called the Sartoran, and he has a little hole at the back of his neck, and he's this big... He looks like the blubber um, Hellraiser Cenobite. He looks just like that, but he has a hole in the back of it, and it is really disturbing. And the only way to kill him is to, like stick something in the back of that hole. And that was one of those images that like haunted me for a long time, too. So. His name's Butterball. But, yeah, Butterball, yeah. But yeah. you can call him Flubber no, if you I'm, want. It's, it's okay. It's only a horror will, panel. There's no way, it's like, if aliens ever did show up, would we be able to comprehend what they look like? It's like, it would be it's like, tough. you know, the arrival, I thought, was pretty good, where it's just, it's confusing. War of the Worlds, I think, did a good job. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, we would just be, they might just be made out of gas. Yeah, that's what I always think when I think aliens is like it's going to be something that my tiny little human brain is not even going to be like, oh, those funny lights over there are actually an entire alien race. Yeah, uh, like yeah. I, I can't even. Well, I mean, that could be one of the theories that they are they visit for a long period of time just in order to kind of gauge how they should approach us, how to emulate us, maybe how to maybe that's why we get this. I mean, well, the next question we're kind of bring up is like, what do we think they would look like, right? Or what would we want them to look like? Uh, and I think this is part of it because your brain, you know, obviously we just like God itself, we created in our image, right? Yeah. Because we, our brains can't comprehend saying that's yeah, too blonde. aliens will look like a Caucasian man with a beard <laughs> right. and long hair. I mean, yeah. right? Isn't that Hipsters. a terrible I do have to say, there is a kid's show that my kids watch, which is, I think, on Netflix called Alien TV. Has anyone else seen this? Their kids watch it or anything? No. You need to have your kids watch it. It's, it's a smart concept. It's a cartoon, but it is... Um, Aliens, as if the only thing that they knew about humans was what they've received from watching our television. Mm. Um, so it's them channeling human race through our television. So it's very self-aware in that mm. capacity. But it's I like that concept that that's, they're just receiving TV waves. Well, that sound that isn't that the concept of uh, the explorers and Galaxy Quest, yeah, and Galaxy Quest. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the thing about the, the explorers. I always thought was cool because it's like it was like mildly disappointing, where you're just like, oh no, aliens are dorks. <laughs> But for the sake of this conversation, they are real. Aliens are real, and they're going to look like something from our media. What do you think they're going to look like? Which do you think, of the films you've seen, what do you think, like, yeah, that seems about right? I don't know. I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so... <laughs> you've been um, thinking about this. There's a film that I watched, it was kind of a blind watch, on Netflix a couple of years ago called The Europa Report. Um, mm. Has anyone seen Europa Report? This is a deep cut, y'all. You need to check it out. It's really quite good. It is um, about a spaceship mission who is deciding to head to Europa, which is one of the moons of Jupiter. And um, they're, I think they're intending to colonize it for human life or check out the atmosphere. And they get there and they encounter something. Mm. Um, and Europa is apparently covered through ice. So a huge chunk of it is trying to get through the ice, but then realize that something else is kind of trying to get through the ice to get to them. Mm. Um, and I liked it because it felt real, um, in, or at least again, who the fuck knows, but it was kind of how I always envision aliens to be more of. So, yeah. Do you want them to be little green men? They weren't little green men. Oh, they're not. They were like blobby creatures with like, they were cephalopody actually. If we are considering that we're saying for this conversation, aliens are real. Yeah. Let's not be so, uh, uh. Little Green Man sounds offensive. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be careful. Because if they are real and then we're saying that, they're like, that's offensive to us. We don't have gender. Little Green Man. I know. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, they look like a squid or an octopus or something like that, probably, right? And something just kind of, just something that doesn't make sense. 
Green Slime has that. That's an interesting one. Great theme song. Great. Best yeah. theme song of all of these movies. But they are just like tentacled things that kind of float towards you yeah. and look kind of weird. I mean, you know, like I feel like Spielberg's probably the one who most wanted to create something that felt, if that film feels like, he, not with E.T., sorry, with Close Encounters. It feels like he's trying to represent the real version in his mind. But I do find anything that looks too humanoid it just feels far-fetched that that's what it would look like, especially little short ones. I mean, I think Fire in the Sky and Communion is one that is also pretty terrifying and messed a lot of us up, you know, yeah. when it came on TV um, because they also wanted to probe us, and that's where, you know, jokes were born forever on this, yeah, yeah. On this front. But they are pretty disturbing, and, and I, I, I don't know enough about this to know where the origin of that look comes from. Like, I know 1947 or whatever is like the first kind of UFO sighting, but I don't know where the first, oh, this is what the shape of an alien is. Yeah. No clue. Yeah. I'd have to, to dig into that we one. I figured you were going to say Night Beast. So. I want, that's what I want them to look like. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be Night Beast or Bad Taste. Somewhere yeah. they're going to look like that. Yeah. But, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, so we were going to kind of go through some of Alien kind of throughout film history. Because aliens have been under a heavy evolution throughout film history where we really see them first kind of come into play in the 1950s like we see little inklings of them in prior films but they really kind of blossom in the 1950s and really explode um where 1950s horror cinema is really dominated by aliens more than anything else yeah you know that's the the funny uh, thing about doing mystery science theater is like when i when i started doing it it's like i really wanted to do more horror because that's what i grew up with that was the those were the cheap movies being made that was being shown on tv all the time and i realized joel hodgson that doesn't have that connection to it because when he was growing up, all that was on were cheap alien movies. It was all these sci-fi alien movies. And we, so we start talking about the 1950s and like half the audience cleared out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the new stuff. Yeah. I swear. Just right, like, so the eighties, okay, let's boomer. get the eighties. Stranger things time. Post stranger things. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, it's a, there was, there was a, a ton of just because, you know, there was also the fear of uh, you know, a nuclear annihilation and yeah. you know, stuff like that. So it's just, it's very, uh, it's a, it's a very ripe time for it. You know, maybe the blob. That's, yeah. that's like, that's the best form of an alien, I think. I think so. Yeah. And I loved the blob and even, you know, the updated one. Um, oh, was, I, I love the updated one. Absolutely amazing, yeah. but it was not an alien. It was germ, germ warfare, wasn't it? No, no. Well, no, yeah. he, he came from no, the meteor. No, but in the newer version, he was no longer an alien, was he? It was, like, made by our government. It is a still a meteor. Yeah, the meteor I swear that she says at some point, like, this is play. They, they, they fight it like it's germ, but you see okay. in the opening. Still a meteor. I'm corrected. You were blinded by his hair. I think I was. He has really good <laughs> hair. It's hard to that. see past that. He's beautiful. He really good hair. But no, I was writing, I wrote down a few of the 50s titles, because you have to deal with a lot of this stuff probably on the show, right? Like, there's a lot of stuff. Somewhat, yeah, 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 a bit. It's a, it's a, we haven't done too many of them, but uh, there's definitely, like, just, you know, back then, it's like, all these movies were being made for so cheap, so, like, what's the cheapest way to show an alien? Put a glittery vest on someone and say, they're from Mars, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's like there, was, there was really just, like, they, they, they had to deal with what they were given budgetary-wise. So I don't think they're the best, you know, minds to, like, give us an idea of what aliens would look like or be like. But I really enjoy seeing how the different allegory, I mean, like, most alien films from the 1950s are either going to be about, you know, the Cold War, fear of communism, just, um, you know, fear of nuclear annihilation. It all kind of boils down into those alien films, but the different ways that they present them, like um, the Twilight Zone episode, Will the Real Alien Please Stand Up?, is, is kind of looking more at almost like a racial divide. And then they bring, you know, in the Cold War with Day the Earth Stood Still. Like, there's just so much that they do with that 
in the 1950s that we just don't even pay attention to now. Like, right. they, they, we don't have alien films as much now. Yeah, and they were all, alleg- for the most part, they all had some sort of allegory. Uh, maybe not, what's the one with the skull and the uh, robot monster? I'm not sure about robot monster. Robot yeah. monster? Robot there monster. might not be an allegory there. That was the there. gorilla in the... Um, <laughs> yeah, the gorilla, yeah. it's a gorilla body. He has a metal... I think it's like a diving robot helmet. helmet and yeah. a skull inside. Yeah. Um, he just looks like an antique. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but, you know, some of these titles, like, it's funny because so many of them have been recycled. War of the Worlds... Uh, Invasion of the Body Statues, The Blob, The Thing, Day the Earth Stood Still, Invaders from Mars are all movies that are the seminal 50s movies. Mm -hmm. All of them had been remade at some point. And a lot of those are about, I think, fear of the other, uh, you know, I mean, also coming off the 40s, uh, the late 30s and 40s, too. We had a lot to, to get over. But the disappointing thing about these, I always think we use aliens in a way as this idea of, oh, it's the one thing that would bring us all together. Mm-hmm. Like, we could unify. Other nations could unify because we'd have this common enemy. And it's like, if anything, the pandemic has taught me that we still wouldn't come together. Yeah. We're we still would, full monsters you know? on Maple Street every yeah. step of the people way. People would be frying you in the streets, and people would still be arguing about some bullshit. Yeah. Some alien would, like, drop down, and someone would be like, that's Bill Gates' hologram. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill Gates made that monster to make us scared. They're trying to divide us, you cuck. <laughs> But that's what I mean. I know it's later with Carpenter, but like with um, uh, They Live, that feels to be actually the, like maybe one of the most accurate yeah. ideas because they just come amongst us. You would never know. Yep. They would replace yep. you. They would seduce you with, uh, you know, consumerism. And, it's, and before you know it, it's too late, you know, yeah. and the signal yeah. gets beamed out. Because that's something we haven't talked about is like, and we can talk about through the other decades is what is the agenda of the aliens? Because that seems to be what defines is this going to be scary? Is this, and a lot of them are like, you know, if it's uh, bad taste, they want to take us back to their planet and use us for fast food versus uh, they want to live amongst us because our oxygen is uh, needed or they need to replace our planet. I can't remember they live if it was, I know they're beaming a signal. I don't know if it was just to take over the planet or I can't. I feel like they were just all about like, you know, populating the planet. Popul- it could be because yeah. they were living. But I, mean, I don't I th- remember an agenda in that movie as much as like, holy shit, they're here. But that seems to like, and the ones that are just like random, the ones that are less successful and we think less about are the ones where, oh, they're just attacking the planet. And there's, yeah. it's never thought about like, no, there must be a reason, something they want here, uh, even in the Mars attacks model or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also just the idea that it's like, you know, the weather's nicer, <laughs> you know? And then they're just, and then this just becomes colonialism. It, they're, they're always just, in Wisconsin, though. What are they doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, there's people, there's aliens on other planets going, you know, Earth is like really coming up. It's a yeah. good planet and they got good coffee shops. We should probably just start. Just head there. Yeah, we're just, we should probably start moving the locals out. They got nitro brew. Let's yeah. do this now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. so 50s. Well, 50s are, are classic and I think it's pretty clear. And they were obviously box office roles, so they made more and more and more of them. More a, lot of, a lot of our favorite filmmakers probably grew up watching the, the, the filmmakers that influenced us the most, the Carpenters, Joe Dante, yeah. they were influenced by this period. The 50s yeah. was the key period yeah. of those sci-fi movies. Which I assume with 50s that it was a lot of influence, because um, I was trying to think, like, is there an influence of the 50s? Like, where did that come from? Because we actually saw a lot of kind of alien films at the very birth of cinema. Like, Neely's made a t- couple of yeah, them. There was one the called night. Alita that was really cool. Um, but then they, they kind of just disappear. But then the 1950s, I assume it was viewed more by um, fear of bombs in the sky and also increased technology with nuclear radiation and probably because we were kind of entering into that space race of the idea of trying to get to the moon and whatever we need to do to get there. Yeah, and we were starting to launch sense. things into space mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so I think it was more fueled by... And literature, I think. I think yeah. in, in literature, it was already much more common than on film 
this kind of science fiction. So mm-hmm. I think I think that, and then uh, just looking up before where the first American said, "Hey, I saw a UFO," and t- tried to document it, it's like forty-seven. Mm-hmm. So if that, you know, like anything, like a Roger Corman shop, it's like, "Hey, let's jump on that." That's yeah. a an idea that could yeah. be exploited. But I assume that all of the alien films that we see in the late seventies into the eighties, we are seeing kind of that generation now making their own stuff. And I mean, it's like the pure Rocky Horror scenario of they're writing their own love letters to these alien films that they grew up with. And a big difference between ones. I mean, we don't have to go too into it, but the you know the bulk for production reasons are are set on Earth, right? An alien comes and we deal with it. But the ones that are all set in space, which I imagine are the ones that end up on the show more because yeah. it's harder to pull that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, outside of Star Trek or, or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. We we did like Star Crash, which is a terrible movie. Yeah, and, and then uh, we just. Had to do like shape of things. Yeah, there's just they're they're bad. They're bad movies. <laughs> yeah, because it's hard because you have to replicate a whole reality up there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they have five dollars and flights to Italy. That's like how all those <laughs> movies got made. There is one good one. There's a really good one. Uh, Mario Bava, Planet of the Vampires. It's a oh, gorgeous yeah. looking movie, and the planet looks like Planet Suspiria. It's yeah, just yeah. all <laughs> you know, pink and purple filters. And I'll looks give like props a... to Doris Wishman's nude on the moon. Or, oh, yeah. they're aliens. Yeah, the it's it's it, it, but they shoot it in this coral castle in florida in the most worst okay. wishman way possible <laughs> but course. it's all of these like massive coral like celestial carvings it's beautiful and then she chooses not to have them talk and they speak with telepathy because she couldn't afford sound equipment okay. um <laughs> but, yeah. it, actually it works wild. pretty well yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but moving into the 1980s we do see once kind of budgets kick in and we end up with like those crazy special effects wars of the 1980s where it was all about making it bigger and bigger and badder and gorier we suddenly get to go to other planets it's not just about staying on earth with our aliens it's suddenly you know let's go other places like alf like, like alf. alf didn't really go back to melmac did he the opening credits i think oh, he got dissected alf yeah. is dead I'm sorry. Poor Alf. <laughs> sorry to be the one to tell everybody. I was thinking about this just the other day uh, when we were going to be talking about aliens. And by, so Star Wars takes place uh, in a galaxy far away a long right. time ago. So essentially they're aliens because they're not Earthlings, right? Yes. Many of I mean, you're from like Tatooine. You're from Hoth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I've yeah. not once heard in my whole life of being Star Wars fans, not once have I heard someone talking about Star Wars and calling any of the creatures aliens. Right? Yeah. It's just not in our, it's because we have disassociated as a different thing, different yeah. universe in a way. It's, it's so odd. So essentially, like, there's aliens, like, it's like, you know, all the, like, the characters, Mark Hamill's character, everyone's. So we, there are alien names. There are Luke and Ben. <laughs> so the galaxy far, far away, there's still just, like, white dude bro names. Just. <laughs> He's, a, he's, a, he's from a galaxy far, far away. He's an alien, like nothing you've ever seen. He looks like a dude, and his name is Luke. All right, right on. <laughs> I, I had nothing to do with what we were talking about, but I just thought about it the other day. And it made <laughs> no, me... I think that that is kind of a good model for what the 1980s become, because if we look at Star Wars and what a massive success it was, how it was taking us to another place. It wasn't all about, okay, you know, it's crashing here, and it's you know, aliens in the New York subway system or anything like that it was all about kind of getting it out and and moving it to other galaxies when well, so, it's coming off the 60s and 70s we did skip a little because we have for time but the 60s and 70s get less of them but the ones that get made are very thematic very much uh well all, all films in the 70s for the most part in america are about something else right yeah. and so you know there's whether it's paranoia or whatever so they're all very serious they're all very adult they're not yeah. thrill rides and then star wars 
changes that right forever. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, yeah, I don't know what some of the, I mean, 80s TV also, we were talked about V earlier. I, it might be, the movie might have been late 80s, but the show might be 90s. Uh, Alien Nation mm-hmm. is one that I remember just being, I really liked it, and I really liked the relationship, and it gave me hope that, you know, people could get along regardless of their differences. But again, that, they were the minority. Most of these were, uh, a lot of them were kid-focused, blasting a kid to space explorers. Yeah, uh, Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, Last Starfighter. Yeah. You know, a lot of those kind of uh, films about, you know... Space uh, camp canon films. Oh, yeah, yeah. wish fulfillment, yeah. Wait, what was the concept of Alien Nation? They, like, aliens came and then they got drunk off of, like, sour milk, right? Which one was that? On oh, Alien Nation, yeah, they couldn't drink, or they did... You know, they they drank and they couldn't go in salt water. Yeah. But they were friendly. They were here. I think they went into quarantine for a long time. Actually, if we watch this now, I'd probably feel too close to reality. Yeah, but yeah. they're all separated from their families, put in quarantine, uh, drinking sour milk and crying. It was really yeah. sad. And then so. they're, they're all just trying to climb the corporate ladder, right? Yeah. And yeah. then they all have what, to What an cops. 80s movie that is. <laughs> yeah. They go full Michael J. Fox. Yeah, they show up and they're like, you're right, you're right. Humans making money is the only thing worthwhile. <laughs> put me in a suit. Well, that's why Carpenter's rules. I mean, that's why They Live stands out because in the 80s, I don't, there weren't that many that actually were taking something on and he's still entertaining. He still gives you a 15 to 25 minute fight scene yeah. in the middle of his movie, you know, sure. with a wrestler. So, but, it's, but even then, it's always, you know, it's still today. You watch it now and you go, oh, yeah. I mean, in The is, Thing, technically an alien movie as well. Oh, we psh- tend to not think best, about it as yeah. such, but yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it's the aliens that would come in, decimate us. I mean, I think, I think now, because we're heading towards probably more eco-horror, I think we'll also see films about us not, humans are not worthy of the planet, and so something can come and yeah. replace us. We had our shot, which I think existed in some of those movies, but I mm-hmm. think that's going to be something we do see quite a lot of. What were the aliens in Cocoon doing here? They were saving all the old people. They were saving old people? Yeah, I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, of course they deserve to be saved. They're the greatest generation. They were great. <laughs> but yes. But take um, Gutenberg. If you're going to save somebody, save Jessica Tandy, I get yes, it. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. um, That's a good question. Yeah. Why were they old? Like, why would you come and then want to be Wilford Brimley? Yeah, yeah, That's a know, weird choice. If yeah. you're an alien, you can they do it. They weren't, like, taking over Wilford Brimley. They were taking him to a planet where he could be young oh, forever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I might to... be. Conv- no, I think also... you're probably right. It's been a long time since I've rewatched. <laughs> I don't know. Batteries well. Not Included came out around the same time, and I tend to blur them in yeah. my head because yeah, I'm yeah, immediately yeah. like, "But the little robots." Wait, no, that's different. Different. That was Batteries Not Included. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but I miss the 1980s. We also had this grouping of indie horrors that came out that were very alien-based, ranging in budget and quality, but like Breeders and Deadly Spawn. Deadly Spawns. And- Really contamination good. and the hidden i know we talk oh, about look, a lot. the hidden's one of my favorite yeah. movies yeah. period even possession technically no it's the antichrist it's something but i mean honestly a lot of these movies uh, i wouldn't have even thought about like even then i don't think it's an alien film my brain and really? then you have to start reading it's the totally plot. an alien and film. then you go oh yeah it's an alien who's gonna rise up and take body to body swapping until it's president i want to be president of the united states it, it shouts yeah. out or whatever right but yeah. but again you for, you forget half of these but there's also a good alien tracking it uh, you know, Carl McLaughlin's tracking. So you, so you did, and that's the Alien Nation buddy cop, but with yeah. an alien model that kind of charts through it. I don't know. I mean, the eighties, eighties are a blast. I feel like in the nineties, you know, uh, that's oh what? Uh, before you go nineties, we, we forgot the greatest eighties alien film ever, uh, Extra. Oh well, oh, I was going to mention it later, but 
Extra, guys, extra. Yeah. If you have not seen extra, you can just add that to your list now, and um, I'll apologize in advance. If you, ask every, if you ask anyone to guess what you were about to say, they probably would have said, I don't know, alien? No, no, <laughs> I mean, like, that's a given, but again, like, extra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, but you're right. Like, if Star Wars and Alien are coming out at the same time, they're totally different lanes yeah. about where this would go, and extra is probably... Oh God, it's on its own detour. I it guess. is. Yeah. It's somewhere it's, on the alien. It's over here. It's like in a different. It doesn't. It's not allowed to have a road yet. Yeah, it comes back to like, what do you want monsters these these to look like? An extra, you yeah. could never have seen this kind of creature coming, which is amazing because then you know, only a couple of years ago, you get Arrival, That's and right. it, it's this very emotionally complex, beautiful movie. But when you actually see the creatures, they are like Lovecraftian creatures. So it's hard, yeah. it's amazing. You can get an emotional reaction from that. But extra, you get a woman. She gets impregnated on one side of a room, walks across the room, and in that time period gives fully birth to a creature, and it is probably the most disturbing yeah. pregnancy it horror. It made I'd the say. video nasty list because of that yeah, beautiful pretty wild. scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I mean, but talking about aliens, I mean, I grew up with Predator. I mean, that was like yeah. a big watch in repetition in my house to the point where that's what aliens are. They're going to show up and like, you know, game hunt, hunt all yeah. of us. Yeah. Critters um, and Critters 2. That was, oh, yeah, those, are, that's, those are good alien movies right there. Fantastic. The Bounty Hunters. Yeah, and, that, and that's another we're talking about that's talk, talk about possible theories. And I know the one that's been, in my lifetime, the most popular is the it's just us in the future coming back and watching the oh. past. So it's more of a time travel uh, setup than it is aliens, which probably makes the most sense in terms of not messing with people. And, oh, good and, point. Yeah. So you so, think we're just coming back and watching ourselves? This isn't my theory. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I didn't I just make that up. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> He's in parallel dimensions. But I think as we move into the 90s, what we see is um, whereas much of cinema across the board kind of went either super, super crazy, we've learned to CG giant monsters, so we're going to blow up the world and make the monster eat it, or it's super still small on the indie, indie circuit. Um, and so for the most part, I think we either go like full like the faculty event horizon, shit's getting crazy and we can make things explode, or it's like super tiny aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, Independence so. Day, I think, is the one that like... Completely. That we all think of now that as was the like president versus pole. aliens. Yeah, yeah, Men in Black. I think yeah. that we had these like giant tent poles in the 1990s, um, and then everyone else was kind of trying to follow suit with that. Mm-hmm. But there's some weird ones in there as well. But yeah, yeah. like we were seeing giant aliens, but baby blood. Baby blood? I don't know is baby that blood. From the, that is I? French. And I know you've seen it. That's well no, yeah, he's got a voice. Again, it's like possession where I'm like, I don't know no. where that thing came from. Baby Blood no... is a weird French film about a woman who is pregnant and then all of a sudden the baby starts talking to her internally and says that he's an alien who's here to um, take over the world, but she feels for it because it's in her belly talking to her. And the fun thing who is it that voices the voice in the American dub. Oh, there's a. I think it's Gary Oldman. Gary or Oldman voices the alien. Very he weird. He is the belly alien in the American dub, and <laughs> I would never refer film geeks to a dub version except this once. Gary Oldman as um, baby alien spawn is kind of brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> bursting out of. But but you you also mentioned the, the I mean and especially you Becca a product the generation before ours Twilight Zone is the main thing for okay. our generation from the '90s. It's X Files. Right? Yep. It changes the whole game. I think it, it re, reinvested, reinterested tons of people, and still to this day is you know, f- you know, phenomenal. And yeah. it, the creature of the week it, it made. I think it made people believe more in this than they possibly would have if they didn't like the characters. Yeah, God, we watched X Files as a family in my house because that was yeah. like high school, and I remember like 
you know, we would never even eat dinner together, but X-Files on, and we were all in the living room watching it, and it was, it was just united. Um, and we all talked about it the next day. Remember Twin Peaks went alien around that time, too. Yeah, there was always a little bit of an alien, because there one guy, um, Bobby's dad, works for the military, and he's charting UFOs and stuff. So I think, you know, Lynch never fully went all in with the aliens, but he's Did always Did he circling. even write those episodes, or were they yeah, just kind of... <laughs> season two, who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Who knows? But, I mean, after the 90s, I think what you were kind of getting at when you were outlining this part is how we lose... There was far less alien-focused post-2000, right? Yes. Um, We kind of lose it at that point. And I think it's because we were doing all of these, like, crazy total recall starship troopers, you know, let's go to some other world and, you know, what was the the gate one? I can't even remember the name... Stargate, Stargate, thank you. That's Um, why we need an audience all the time. I do, I know. We need this all the time. Google. Um, But because that's where we were in the 90s, by the time the 2000s rolled around, we went super, you know, 2000s were either torture porn or it was like the J-Horror remakes or it was, you know, M. Night Shyamalan with a twist. Um, And we all were kind of into this very kind of small um, ghost mode. And so we just completely lost aliens in lieu of like torturing people and little ghosts, kid ghosts. Mm. Um, so we don't see many aliens throughout most of the two thousands. And we've got like little pockets where we'll see them start to creep back. Like during the found footage craze, there was a couple of alien films that came out that were kind of following that found footage vibe. Um, but none of them really exploded quite as much as it would take to kick off another trend like that. Um, So now where I mostly see alien films is it's either going to be like a superhero movie, like Marvel does aliens all the time, but we don't associate them as aliens. Um, Or we see these like super tiny ones like Honeymoon, technically an alien film. Um, Pod, technically, it's one of Mickey Keaton's, technically an alien film. Resolution, almost human. Like we see people dabbling in it in the indie circuits. Yeah. And Arrivals, outside of Arrival, and obviously M. Night's Signs was yeah. a big... I think that was the first one to make it scary again Yeah, in yeah. a long time. Just that one shot of the one walking by, yeah. casually. Yeah. I think it was more the casual walk of the alien. Like, it did not care who would mess with it. Yeah. And I was like, that guy doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I will say Quiet Place is an alien film, but right. it's, it's like giant budget as well. But, but that comes... And that comes back to the agenda. They haven't got any agenda that I can... It's hard for me. Like, I can enjoy the movie. I can be in the, the thrills of the first one, especially. I think it was a brilliantly made movie. But at the end of it, I care least about what they're doing here. I have no clue. Is it just to run carnage? To run after sounds? Is that what they do? Like, and unless you can build some sort of... That's why intelligence is so much scarier. You want aliens with a handbook of like, okay, well, so plan one? If yeah, you yeah. could get here. Just you, alien you know. with a hard hat and a reflective vest going, yeah. oh, geez, we landed in the wrong spot, guys. Too close to water again. <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. Like, I don't like the, the idea of saying so dumb that it stumbled upon Earth. Well, that's possible, too. Yeah. Actually, before here, the other theory I read is that we are aliens, that humans were uh, dust particles on some of the stuff that fell to Earth that, that then you know, slowly formed into humanity. Isn't this Prometheus? No, I mean, this is, a, this is a theory that's actually gaining momentum apparently a few years ago, and I was like, oh, God, that's So it's us and the potato bug. Yeah, so we're the aliens. <laughs> yeah. We are the creatures. Yeah. So, anyway, so more. Um, my theory on the uh, uh, Quiet Place aliens is that they are, um, they are the attack dogs that get sent down oh. to clear out humans. Uh, and other threats for the other aliens to come. Ooh, and take, Part three. Yeah, cool. that's what I think. That's my theory, which will probably be proven wrong. Nice. Or he you know what? Hire me to uh, write and star in it, and then I'll make that happen. Yeah. 
Um, so we were going to dive into some personal faves yes, and recommendations specifically, um, ones that you may not have heard of or that you've missed that we're just kind of like, so first off, right, baby's blood, that's another like will blow your brain type. That's with Gary Oldman as alien belly fruit. Um, but yeah. I'll you give you got? some subheadings, all right? Uh, scariest alien film for you. What, what actually scares you? Uh, could be when you're young or now. Yeah, the thing, the thing is my all-time favorite horror movie. John Carpenter's The Thing. It's uh, uh, <laughs> what if what if everyone was like, is like, does he mean the new one? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, John Carpenter's The Thing is something. It's it's the it's the best alien movie of all time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the scariest one. It's still scary. It's still horrifying, and and paranoid. And I love it so much. That's mine. Okay. Nice. Scariest yeah. damn fave then. I got to say, and I know that this, this is a polarizing title, but Blumhouse back in 2013 released one called Dark Skies, um, which is an alien film, but it is structured like a psychological haunted house film um, where the, the, it's just one family. And they start having kind of these trippy moments where they don't know what's going on. They think they're having conversations and they're not. They think they're certain places and then they find out they were never there. Um, but it's structured very much like a haunted house film where they think it's something within their house, but it's aliens. And it was the idea of kind of aliens psychologically controlling us as an experiment to see how we'll respond to certain stimuli. And it's real trippy and fucked up. And that one um, was not a big hit for Blumhouse. And it, it didn't it kind of fell off the face of the earth, but it's got some really good scares in it. Um, so that's definitely one. I will say recent, um, 2020, there was a Russian film called Sputnik that came out, which I thought had a really cool monster, and it was a really cool setup of um, a rocket goes into space with a whole bunch of spacemen um, on board, and then it comes back, there's one left, hmm. and then kind of exploring what happens to him over the next couple of days, and he has no recollection what happens to the rest of the crew. Um, they just disappeared on reentry in his brain. So yeah, it's, it's good, and it's got really good monster effects in it. Do the, does the idea scare you, though? Or like, I mean, can you still be scared by Harvard? Or, or does it have to be found footagey to get a reaction? I needed to go psychological for it to fuck with me yeah. now. Like, I definitely, just seeing it on screen does not do it for me the way that it used to when I was a kid. Um, jump scares will still get me. But if you want me thinking about it days later, it's got to have some type of, like, a psychological impact. Yeah, I mean, we can all, we, sh- we all shit on found footage, but we all realize it's still one of the only types of filmmaking that can actually get a real scare out of you because yeah. you're so restricted. Um, but for me, the, the one, it's one of my favorites, but I also think it's still one of the scariest films is the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so smart. The performances are so good. Everyone is so believable. And the idea that these are humans and at a certain point you see them screaming wide mouth, pointing at you, yeah. pointing out the people who haven't assimilated to them. And then when you finally see like the pods that they came from, yeah. it's really disturbing. Again, it comes also from like the 50s, the day of the Triffid type vibe to it with yeah. plants and and people you know body parts slow it feels Cronenbergian the way the the body is breaking down yeah. of the people so that's one of those movies if you haven't seen it for a long time or you've never seen it like I just re- watched it for the first time recently and it's amazing yeah it's, it's yeah. such a good movie and people I feel like it gets lost a bit because it's pretty cerebral you know yeah. and that's definitely a 70s uh kind of remake but uh I think it's a fantastic one yeah there's not a version of that that I don't necessarily yeah. uh, like they're all pretty the last one was a Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman invasion thing it's okay it's- it's watchable. It's yeah, not yeah. great. It's but it, you're right. It's it's a story like Abel Ferrer has a very intense version. Yeah. 
set on a military base. The 1970s yeah. one is good. The 56 one's good. It, probably because it's so. cleanest of um, the ideas. It's very Twilight yeah. Zone. It's yeah. the idea of us being replaced and you know not noticing until it's too yeah. late. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that can be recycled every uh, so often. Well, well, we just got the five minute warning. Oh, that's so good. We're, we, we got the, we got. I'll get through these. Throw some titles. Trippiest and weirdest, like or it could just be weirdest. What's the weirdest alien movie or thing that maybe even saying you you saw for the show? Saying that's just bonkers. Mine is Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, yeah. oh hell nice. yeah. That's a weird movie. Even even it's, so, it's supposed to be kind of weird and goofy. It's so odd that it got made. Yes. And it's got you know Julie Brown. It's got Gina Davis, Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans. And, really good uh, soundtrack too, if I remember correctly. Great soundtrack. Uh, super. It's like the most '90s movie. It's 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 so odd. It's just like it confuses you the whole time. That you're like you're like people paid money to make this happen. <laughs> And it just trips me out. I still think about it. I'm so wowed by it. I just I rewatched it. And I was like, in what world? Yeah, it's a bizarre one. Yeah. And people went to it because of In Living Color because it was like once Jim Carrey became big, we all went back to find that movie and it, we're all pretty disappointed or, or whatever you were. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, he was the yeah, other Jeff Goldblum. That's right. Um, so for me, I'm going to, you know, I've been like, um, I spent much of my pandemic going through all of the Quatermass franchise, oh, yeah. um, where I went through all the TV shows and the three films, and then they brought the TV show back later on. Um, Quatermass in the Pit is surprisingly one really fucking weird mm. alien movie. And I know a lot of people, Quatermass tend to be an oversight for a lot of people, but if you're going to watch one, Quatermass in the Pit is crazy. Um, where it goes from like, we found this weird, we think it's an unexploded bomb. No, it's aliens. No, it might be Satan. It's Satan, but he looks like a giant bug. It's like all over the place, but it's, it's wonderful. It is just a wonderful, just what the fuck movie. Yeah. Um, so which quite- aliens kind of open up to, you can go anywhere with it. Like, yeah. uh, we've, we've mentioned a couple of the ones I would put extra is right up there. Night beast is right up there. If you've seen Mandy, you've seen a little bit of Night Beast. That's what he kind of brought it back to the world. Uh, but my, my favorite, and it's a movie I just love, and it's a total, um, it's one of those movies that's a bait and switch, which is Larry Cohen's God Told Me To. It's one of those movies where you're watching a, a, a guy with a rifle shooting people in New York, and that's the movie you're watching for 40 minutes, and you just think that is the movie, and they, people keep saying, God told me to kill, and that's the thing. And then about halfway through, you find out, oh no, the guy's, the guy's mom was abducted by aliens, impregnated, and now his god-like uh, half-brother, who has a female organ opening on his chest that he wants to have sex with his brother to create a new species that will populate the world, is where the story goes. And it's one of those movies in a million years. You could not track wh- oh, where no. it's headed. And yet somehow it actually really works. It's actually a really cool, original, strange movie. Yeah, yeah. And the performance by Richard Lynch, if you watch that, we already talked about Mandy. And Mandy, there's a performance. The two are very similar. The bad guy and Mandy... To Richard Lynch and God told me to. Great double feature. Anyway. I will even just Larry Cohen. I mean the stuff. Yeah, the stuff is another great one. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll do some fast rounds. Okay, final my round. fast faves. I'm yeah. gonna go Vast of Night, which just came out. That's currently that on one. Amazon Prime. That was one of my highlights of the pandemic. Like that's what kept me going during the pandemic was like these little pockets of it. That was a great movie. Um, Attack the Block from 2011. Yeah. Um, definitely one of my alien films faves just across the board and also say grabbers from 2012 um is it's an irish horror film with these giant tentacle monsters and the concept is that um the the residents of this tiny little island where the aliens are attacking realize that the aliens can sense them and sense their blood 
unless they're completely wasted. So they have to stay drunk permanently to fight the aliens. Yeah, and it is the best setup of a movie ever. Um, it's hilarious. Go home and find grabbers. Any deep cuts or... Well, I Faves. mean, yeah, Bass the Night would have been uh, on my list for sure. And Attack the Block is just one of my all-time favorites. Just yeah. you know, love for Moses. Yeah. I think there's going to be a second Attack the Block. Is that yeah, right? they're going to do another one. Yeah. That's great. Um, there's one I, I really want people to check out that I only saw for the first time. We were talking about the lack in the early 2000s. Uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Sanchez, right after Blair Witch, he made this film called Altered that I just never saw until about a year and a half ago. And it's one of the best films I've seen in the last few years. For me personally, it was so well made. It's not found footage. It's about a group of guys who uh, 15 years earlier when they were young, one of them was abducted and they, saw, they all saw this alien. They all knew it was real. And then it's 15 years later and they've decided to hunt one of the aliens. They capture it and they basically decide to maybe torture or figure out what makes it tick and they all get back together and it's all about the problems between these guys and what happened to them in the past and it's so well made. It's, it feels more like watching a lost Sam Raimi film yeah. from the mid-80s and so it's like just cannot recommend how fun it is and then a good bonkers one to kind of as we wrap uh, Demon Warp is another bait and switch. You think you're watching a Bigfoot movie for half a movie and it's all these Bigfoots attacking and at some point you realize that it's actually an alien ship that has been using that as a cover and that's just utterly insane as well. So uh, some good ones. And also we had a listener, a listener wrote to us when he heard that we were doing this show about a week ago. Oh yeah, how was it? Yeah, I watched it last night. So, so- yeah. yeah. He, well, he wrote to us just saying there's this movie called Foes, F-O-E-S. I'd never heard of it. That is incredible. It's a very serious 1970s uh, self-made uh, uh, sci-fi, you know, UFO epic. And so I, it's not the easiest to find, but there is a Blu-ray floating around out there. And I got it last night, watched it last night. It's like this, this special effects guy made this film. I kind of likened it to Messiah of Evil. It feels like it was a handmade... Oh, fuck, I'm in. Yeah, 70s. It's really cool. And it, they make it on an island, and it's two people on an island, and a UFO lands... And basically, they, they get beamed up. One guy gets fried to death. The other girl survives. And two other people come to the island. It's about them trying to survive. And the reason it's so interesting is the way they portray aliens in this is as light energy beams. And they're just like abstractions. And so when we're talking about what we think they look like, this might be the closest to what, what we could actually imagine. They're, they're an energy source. It's not like more annihilation. Than yeah. That. So anyway, that movie's called Foes. It's, you know, super interesting. Um, but yes, I'm with you. I think the best of all time. If we're ending, what, what is the best? I, I agree. It's, for me, it's the thing yeah. because it keeps changing and shifting. And yeah. it feels like if something's going to come to do us in, it's going to have that ability. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, guys, I'm tempted to just say Ghosts of Mars and then drop the mic and yeah, walk away do from it. it. Um, as long as you instead, drop the mic. I will say thank you all so much for coming today. <laughs> we are Fangoria's Colors of the Dark. Um, you can check us out bi-weekly on the Fangoria Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcast, Podstitcher, iTunes, wherever you head. Um, we also have a Patreon show where we get real fucking weird. Like, honestly, this is normal compared to our, like, weird stuff, which we do on Deep Cuts, which is our Patreon show. Um, and, yeah, I'm Rebecca McKendry. Howard Kane. And thank you so much, Jonah Ray. Thanks for having me. Happy Halloween! Thank you, everybody! (laughs) Oh, wait! I have a bag full of free swag from Fangoria. So, um, light up. Let's see what you got. Yeah, do it. The colors...
Ghost of the Dark podcast is a Fangoria production. Producers and co-hosts are Rebecca McKendry and Elric Kane. Executive producers are Tara Ainsley and Abby Gould. Associate producer is Jessica Soth of Amir. Sonic branding by Michael Rodriguez. And, of course, our amazing sound engineer, Ernie Hurtado. <laughs> <laughs>